That's not me. I, that's not. But when I went to Fort Wayne and met Bishop Pano, I found somebody that I, I can do that. I can, because I'm a teacher, and he was a teacher. And I, I, I can follow that role model, and so that's what I did. And God, God just helped us in so many, many ways. So anyway, that, that, that's a story, and it goes back to 36 years ago now that I got acquainted with CMI and the fellowship and all the ministers. So it's just been a wonderful journey, and I'm, I'm so thankful that, that I have had a small part in it. I want to share a message with you tonight. I really do believe God has spoke to me. This is the first time I have ever shared this message, but I, the Lord willing, it won't be the last time. You know, if, if a message is not worth preaching twice, it's not worth preaching once. And so that's my philosophy in life. And, uh, and I, I get a good one and I'll preach it all over the world. But I, I want to share some thoughts with you tonight. And if they all, oh, they've already brought it up. I appreciate the people that work in technology, that these young people that make these things happen. Old roots producing new fruit or something old, something new. Let's all say that together. Something old, something new. God began to deal with my heart about this principle and uh, then I've, I found this passage of scripture in the book of Job that I think relates very well to it. So let, let me read it for you. In the book of Job, the 14th chapter, start reading from verse 7 through verse 9. For there is hope for a tree, if it is cut down, that it will sprout again, and that its tender roots will not cease Though its root may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground, yet at the scent of water it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. See if we can get this technology to work. There we go. There we go. Uh, these words we know that Job was equating the plant life to animal life and, and to human beings. And he goes on and he talks about how that people are cut down. But the principle here is a principle that I believe that applies to this something old, something new. We must have both of them within our lives it's 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 difficult and i've i've said it many times they it, i i have determined i'm going to live until i die now the truth is a lot of folks don't my wife and i was discussing someone just today it, it's tragic tragic but 40 years ago 40 years ago somebody died that she loved and she might as well have died with him because all she can think about is what life would have been, how different it would have been if only he had not died. But he did. And you can't change that. You got to deal with reality. It's like someone as well said, you can't play the cards you wish you had. You can only play the cards that's in your hand. That is so true. And so in, in dealing with life, uh, we must understand there are these cycles that go. And 
Just because we're here doesn't mean we're alive. Like the young man they said that died at age 25, they buried him at 65. What did he do? For 40 years, he just simply repeated what he already knew. Or like, like the teacher that complained because uh, somebody else was hired above her and she said, I've got 14 years of experience. And the boss said, no, you don't. You've got one year's experience 14 times. Now, that's the problem with too many people. They just get caught in the cycle and they start repeating the past. The problem is life goes on. Either with you or without you, life goes on. And as I said, I have determined I'm going to live until I die. When that time comes, it's been a good ride, been a good journey. I've got nothing to complain about. Amen. Now, something old, something new. Let, let me see what we can digest out of this story. The first thing we'll talk about is old roots. Old roots. Those are the things that the stump has sunk into the ground, is the old roots. Now, I, I am a firm believer in the principles of cycles. I believe that everything in life operates on cycles. And if you can understand the cycle, where we are, then you can be productive. Then you can accomplish something. If you don't know the cycle, in other words, there's nothing that's, that, that's more tragic than to see grandma dressing up like a teenager. She doesn't know what season she's in. She doesn't know the cycle. And in Psalm 1, he says, it brings forth fruit in its season. you got to know the season that you are in. For instance, I've heard so many times old preachers hanging onto the pulpit because, you know, to steady themselves and just their voice is cracking and I'm just a... A young man. And, and I want to say, go look in a mirror. Who are you trying to convince, me or you? I know that I am not a young man. At one time, I was a young man. And I thank God that I was able to invest my youth serving Jesus Christ. I'm so happy. I have no regrets about that. But I cannot go back and relive the past. The cycles of life, everything operates on it. The verse of scripture I give you there is the one that God gave to Noah as he come out of the ark. And he said, from this time on, I will not destroy the earth with water again. But there will be seed time and harvest. There will be heat and there will be cold. There's going to be the seasons of life. So if you can understand the season where we are in the cycle, then you can be more productive. And th this is the this is scripture I, I give there. As long as the world stands, there will be seed time and harvest. This is a cycle of what I said, something old, something new. Let's repeat it again. Something old, something new. You need both of those in your life. Not just something old, but also something new. Not just something new, but also something old. Without it, you're not going to be productive. You're not going to fulfill. 
what God wants you to accomplish in life. Now, let's talk about them. Everybody needs a good root system. A good root system. Without roots, there is no stability. This is one of the things that's happened in our nation. It's destroying the very fabric of this country is that our roots are gone. We become a transient society. And if you don't believe that, just try keeping a mailing list. It, it just, it, it, it's a non-ending exercise just trying to keep it up to date because we're constantly moving. Talking about the roots. It's our roots that help us to live a productive life. Without good roots, we cannot produce good fruit. It's that simple. And so something old is our root system developing. The roots are our long-lasting covenant relationships. Again, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but I weep over America. I weep over this country that has blessed me beyond anything I could have ever imagined as a young man. The things, the wonderful things I have enjoyed, but I watch, I watch. I'm seeing a nation die before my eyes and it grieves my heart. One of the biggest tragedies is we don't have roots because nothing is sacred anymore. It's been well said. One of the dangerous, most dangerous places to be in America for a child is the mother's womb. They tell me 3,000 babies that are aborted every day. And I don't care what the politicians tell you. Don't let them convince you that more people die from guns than any other reason. That is not true. More people die in America from abortion than any other reason. I, I, I don't want to get on any politics here, but what I'm saying is we're losing our root system. The root system, the covenant relationships that we have with each other. See, this is what makes family so important. And yet for so many people, family is not sacred anymore. It's not a covenant relationship. We've lost that. And because we've lost that, we don't have roots. The roots are what's going to help us to produce good fruit. Now, both my wife and I grew up in families that, that were Christian. They were not perfect, and our parents were not perfect. But I've, I've told my wife many times, the best thing that our parents did for you and I, they stuck it out through good times and bad times. Thank you. And because they did... That tells me, if they did it, I can do it. Hello? Yeah. Like, like Ruth Graham said, did you, did you ever consider divorce? And no, 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 she said never divorce. Murder maybe, but not divorce, you know. But, but what, what she's saying is, people made commitments. They made commitments for life. Today, we're the throwaway generation. And, and this is what, not only for families, but also for church. 
Oh, what a transient society we have. That, that, that now you're, you're just thankful if they show up and tell you they're not coming back because so many of them just never show up again. Where are they? We don't know. They're gone. Oh, my. We, we, we pastored in Hamilton long enough. My wife said it many times that some of the people made the cycle three times. They come in and they're saying, oh, pastor, it's so good to be here. God sent us here. That was wonderful preaching. And, and six months later, God was leading them somewhere else. You know what I'm talking about? That means no roots. No roots, no long-lasting relationships. Now, you, you missionaries, listen to me here because I, I've traveled the world, but I, I don't focus on every country. It's impossible to do that. I, I continue to go back again and again. I just came out of Bulgaria. I've been going to Bulgaria for 23 years. It doesn't seem possible that I went in there 23 years ago. But that's one of the reasons that I can come in today and they will treat me with honor, with dignity, with respect because they know who I am. Having roots. The old roots is what? will feed the new fruit. The old roots. Now, this is what I'm calling the covenant relationships. They form our root system and they provide the stability in our lives. Without good roots, you are not going to have stability. It creates fickleness, and people just move with the wind, whichever direction the wind is blowing. But without good roots, it's impossible to live a productive life. This is one of the reasons, and I, I was telling Brother Herb just, just a while ago that I am so humbled by it, but the truth is this is the most fruitful time in my life. Now, I, I, I'm not in my physical prime anymore. I, I, at one time, you know, I mean, uh, the things I would do, we, I, I can remember when I was in, right after I'd resigned the church in Ohio and I was in my, uh, around 40 years of age, and I was in physical prime, and, and my interpreter, and, I, and he's the only interpreter I ever worked with, I couldn't work down. I, I mean, I'd run out of gas before he would, but he just, he was a mule. I mean, he just could go, go, go. And uh, we were preaching 55 times in two weeks. We do, oh, we're, we're young bucks. I mean, we're having fun. We're preachers. That's what we do. And so just, I mean, just bam, 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 bam. And 55 times and we're just having fun. Of course, I can't do it now. I can't do it. I had to scale way back from that now because I don't have the physical energy. And yet I'm being more productive today than any time in my life. Why? Because it's not me. It's the relationship that I built with others. See, the most important things you can do in life is not what you can do. It's what you influence others to do. That's when you get into multiplication. So with the root system, without them, we can't live a productive life. Now, the reason that so many people overlook it is because roots are seldom seen. They're beneath the ground, beneath the surface. Nobody knows, oh, they're there. 
And if they're not there, there's going to be no fruit. There's going to be nothing that is productive. You can't see them. They don't, you can't observe them. But they must be there. And because of those relationships that you have built. And that's the true value of groups like CMI. The greatness that you have is not in who can preach the best or who's got the biggest church. No, no, no. It's the relationships that you have with each other. We strengthen each other. Old roots. It's out of the palm tree. I don't know. I've never dug one up, but I've heard this many times that the palm tree, the roots are as deep beneath the surface as the tree is growing high above the surface of the ground. And that's why the storms can come, the hurricanes like is hitting the Caribbean right now. The hurricanes come and blow them over to the ground. But after the wind stops blowing, they slowly begin to rise again. Why? Because of the deep roots that they have. Now, let, let me give you a second thing concerning the roots, they need to be deep roots because shallow roots are so affected by the changing weather. One thing about the weather, it will change. Hello. I've heard it said so many places around the world. You don't like the weather here, stick around for 30 minutes. It will change. And that is true. That's true all over the world. The world is the, the weather's always constantly changing, but the root systems must not change. They are the things that are anchored that gives us stability. And so with the deep roots, we need them during the dry times in life. I can remember hearing Dr. Paino say it. It can't rain all the time. Well, I'll never forget those words. But he's right. He's absolutely right. If it rained all the time, you got another flood. Hello. Instead of producing life, it will produce death because it will drown everything and destroy it. So there will be those dry times in life. Not only dry times, but there will also be storms that come. Every marriage is going to be tested Every church will be tested. Every group of churches will be tested. Are you listening to me? Storms are a part of this life. This isn't heaven. Hello? This is not a perfect world. And there will be those, what, what do we need during the dry times, during the stormy time? We need some roots. If we got roots, it gives us stability. Let the wind howl. Let the wind blow. Because I'm going to be here tomorrow when the sun shines again. Hello. That's what I learned a long time ago. That some folks, you know, I mean, you know how church people can be. Some people wake up in a different world every day. And they can be so nice one day and so mean the next day. And, but what they didn't know, I plan to be here next week, next month. Next year, I'm going to be back. Hello. And you just have to outlive some things. You do it when you have 
deep roots, good roots. Oh, hallelujah. My, 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 my. Now, let me, let me close this by one last thought. Don't treat relationships like a worn out old tire on your car. That's not what relationships are. They are the roots in life that not only give us stability, but they also feed the branches that will produce the fruit. Don't discard them. Treat them like a worn out old tire. Let me talk about a second area. Let's talk about the fruit. We need something old, something new. Exactly, let's say it again. Something old, something new. You gotta have both of them. It's not enough to have good roots. If that's all you have, you will die. It's that simple. You must produce new shoots that produce new fruit. See, the truth is, we need new fruit in our life. It's not enough to have a good root system. We need new fruit. And I appreciate you mentioning the young people because that is so important. So important. Because we must understand the new fruit will not be produced by the old roots. Hello. It's not going to be produced by the old roots. The old roots feed the new shoots that produce the new fruit. Do you understand what I'm talking about here? See, it's the branches, the branches that produce the fruit, not the root. The root feeds the branches. The same is true in our relationships in the church. And, and, and it's why I, we, my wife and I was in a church, and I won't tell you where it was, but we were in a church not too long ago. And I, I, left, I told her, I said, my, they wore me out today. They were like an old, tired church. It didn't matter what I said, how I said it. They just sit there and look at me, stare at me. No response whatsoever. Why? Because they're just an old, tired, disappointed church. One of the worst things that can happen to your congregation is for them to come to the place where they come to church expecting nothing. Now, I know it's the old cliche, blessed is he that expecteth nothing, for he shall not be disappointed. But what a terrible way to live. What a terrible way to live. And, and some people are there, though. We need to produce new fruit. We've got to have something old, something new within our lives. If we don't have that within our lives, as I said, what's going to happen is, we are going to die. Now, it's these new shoots, as he says in Job, the new branches that spring up. They are like new opportunities in our lives. New opportunities. They will come. They will be there if we are aware, if we're paying attention. 
If we're not, if we're just focused only on the old, only on what we are familiar with, what we are comfortable with, if, if that's all that we know, then we will die. See, by nature, all fruit is new. If you got old fruit, what happens to those grapes when they become old grapes? Yes, they're, 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 they're worthless. You, you can't even eat them anymore unless, you know, they properly can turn them into raisins and then all wrinkled up, but they're very sweet. That's right. I was teaching in a Russian Bible school, and I like to try to make people think while I'm teaching. And, and so I was asking them, how many old, sweet Christians do you know? Boy, you could just see the wheels turning and all these young people sitting there. And all of a sudden, a young man in the back started saying, you, you, you. I wasn't expecting that, you know. You're calling me the, you know. But, hey, what, what is it? If, if it only takes half as many muscles to smile as it does to frown, I could save some folks a lot of energy. <laughs> Amen. Life too short not to enjoy it. Life's not a joke, but God's not a grouch either. God, God loves singing. God loves music. Heaven will be filled with it. New fruit. Fruit by nature is always new. Old fruit, it's already gone. Somebody else has already eaten it. Somebody else, you know, made the wine and ate the apple pie. It's gone. It, to have fruit, it must be new. Produced new within our lives. Let, let me give you some points concerning this. Fruit grows from new growth. And that is what keeps us from dying. That's what's happened to a lot of families. We, in the United States, God help us, but too many Christians, along with other people, have believed in the American dream, and it's become the American nightmare. Because we put things ahead of family. Things became more important. And so we're going to Walmart to buy stuff that will be in our yard sale in six months. That doesn't make sense. And, and yet we sacrifice families for it. How many families do you know that have moved from good churches to go to another job because it was a lot more money? And yet they lost their children in the process. Because good churches, you don't find them everywhere. It's like good families. And that's why so many families are, are dying in the United States. It's because we put the emphasis on things, on stuff, rather than the relationships that we have with one another. And now, people are dying off. Churches are dying off. And it's what we're calling... The graying of America. It's not just the problem for America. It's a problem in our churches. It's a problem in our communities. That they're just something old. But there is nothing 
new. Now, if we're going to stay alive, we've got to keep learning. We've got to keep our minds developing. It's like I remember telling my wife several years ago, probably 12, 14 years ago, I don't want to do it. I don't like it. It means I'm going to spend money. I'm going to have to carry more stuff. It means I'm going to have to study and do, learn more things. But I've got to learn how to use multi, multimedia presentations when I'm speaking. Hello. Because that's the direction that everything is going. And I said, if I don't do it, in 10 years, I'll just be another old preacher. I will not be an effective communicator. Are you listening to me? I, I don't do these things because I, I like to do it or because... It makes me feel good about, get away from that nonsense. It, it's not about me anyway. It's only about God and his kingdom. But we're in communication business. I, I, I just came out of, I was in Sofia, Bulgaria last weekend preaching. The weekend before I was in Yerevan, Armenia. And here I am in, in what's called a, a developing nation, one of the poorest in that section of the world, and this great church of a thousand people, and they got this huge LED screen. I've never preached at one church in America that's got an LED screen, and yet I preached in one in Mexico, and now I just preached for the one in Armenia. It tells me, God help us if we're not careful. We just become old, tired preachers. I don't want to be mean, but if we don't keep our minds alive, and guess, guess who taught me how to do this? Yeah, young people. I, my, my daughter works for me as my technical secretary, my compu computer guru. She... Oh, my, I get so aggravated. My computer will not do what I want it to do. And I, Carrie, come here. This, this crazy computer, I can't get it to. And she'll come, what's wrong, Daddy? And she'll come in and she'll look at it and she'll hit three or four keys and say, it's okay now. And she runs out of the room again. And, oh, I get so frustrated with that. <laughs> but they're the ones that taught me how. Are you listening? If we don't keep our minds alert and alive, then we will soon be dying. And we don't have to die before our time. As I said, I've determined I'm going to live until I die. Many people aren't developing anything that is new. They become like the old storyteller that just keeps repeating the old stories that he's told over and over and over again. Or they become like the man that said, the older I get, the better I like the way it was. But the problem is, that's not where we are anymore. This is not 1965. It never will be again. This is not 1985 or 95. It never will be. You can't go back and relive it. You have to find something new.
something new. Now, I, I'm, I'm not all that caught up in all of the technical stuff. I think a lot of young people get caught up in that because they don't have relationships with anybody that has deep roots. They don't know. And so they, they think that all the, the sights and sounds and, you know, the, the fog machines, that, that that's where it is. But the truth is, they're looking, they're trying to produce something new. It, it was years ago, my, both, uh, I have two daughters, and both of our girls were teenagers, and oh my, something happens to young people when they become teenagers. And uh, man, they had this new sound of music that I didn't like. And um, oh, some of it was okay, some of it I enjoyed, but there was other, I couldn't even understand the words, let alone, you know. And yeah, they, they, they loved it. And, and this gentleman who was old enough to be my father helped me so much. Here's what he said. Every generation deserves the right to express their worship to God in their own creative way. I thought, wow, that's it. That's not my music. I mean, I grew up on what we call picking and grinning, you know, the country gospel style. I, 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 loved, I still love it. I, they just, there's just something about good licks on a guitar that I like. And, and yet that is not my daughter's music. They don't like it at all. But they deserve the right to express their love, their worship to God in their own creative way. Are you listening to me? See, it's, it's where the plant has been pruned back, where that new growth comes. That's where the fruit will be produced. That's true in our lives. Those painful events that happen, and if we've got good root system, ah, oh, that's the things, you know, being around. I love to be around little children. They just, oh my, they are so free. They just, they're just beautiful. Somebody said they're more like angels because they've just got here, you know. Uh, but uh, as I said, as they grow up, as they grow older, suddenly they begin. All these weird ideas are such. What do we need? We need something old, something new. You've got to have both. And so for teenagers are thinking everything is a crisis and you say no, 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 no. It's just a flat tire. We'll be okay. Hello? I've been there before. We're going to be all right. And so as I said, I intended to live until I die but here's the problem. The older I live the harder it is to stay alive. Anybody notice that besides me? Oh, my, my, my. I'm, I'm thankful, you know, I can blow up my fonts here where I can read them without my glasses. Um, and I'm thankful that I can take out my hearing aids and get a good night's sleep because it gets very quiet. Uh, 
there's some advantages to it, you know. Uh, but, but my wife, she insisted, you got to get them. I'm tired of yelling at you. Uh, oh, my. The older I get, the harder it is to stay alive. That's not only true physically. That is true for churches. That's true for groups of churches. It's true for all of us. It's this principle of cycle. So unless something old produces something new, we will die. It is that simple. So what we've got to do is understand we don't have to die. We need to be looking for the new opportunities before they get there, before they arise. Because without the renewed vision, without renewed hope, it'll happen to all of us. Instead of the great hockey player, Wayne Gretzky, that they ask him, how did you score more points than anybody else in the game? And he responded, I always skate to where the puck will be. Not where it is, where it will be. Now, in his mind, I don't know how he's able to do it, but he knew the game that well. He could play it in his mind. He's hitting the puck over here, but the puck is going to be over there in just seconds. And so instead of skating where this man is, he's skating in the opposite direction to be there for the opportunity. That's where too many of us are missing it with something new. We're chasing the puck instead of skating where it's going to be. And that brings me to my final point. Let me talk about fresh rain. Fresh rain. He says, at the scent of the rain, it will sprout and grow. At the scent of the rain, fresh rain. Uh, it's been a beautiful day today, good day for traveling. But I promise you, it will rain again. Hello? Hello? It will rain again. It even rains in the desert. It will rain again. What we've got to do is prepare and know when it's coming. I've, I've been around old timers that would say, man, it's going to rain. I, I, I can feel it in my bones, my, my, my arthritis or whatever is acting up. I, it's going to rain. Or I've heard other old timers say, it's going to rain. I can smell it. I can, I, I can scent it in the air. Now, that's what he's talking about. At the scent of the rain, it will send forth the sprouts and grow again. We've got to be able to develop that. It will rain again. The rain, of course, is a picture of the moving of the Holy Spirit. And he will move in our lives. There will be another wave. There will be another revival. There will be another opportunity. I'm here to tell you the seasons, the cycles never end. They will come again. Ah. Oh. I don't know if you've ever been around and watched the surfers on the ocean. The, the, the good surfers, they never go riding or paddling toward the waves. No, 
They're searching the horizon for what they call a, a swell. They can see the water beginning to rise in a place, and they know what's going to happen. That water's going to continue to rise until it becomes a huge wave breaking over. So they start paddling as fast as they can toward the swell because they know it's going to turn into a big wave. Now, what too many churches are doing, we are waiting until the wave starts breaking, and then we want to jump in and be a part of it. And we're already behind in the game. Are you listening to me? God help us to understand. Something old, something new. The rain, that, that, that's where heaven kisses earth. That's where God begins to do something supernatural, of course. It's the rain that causes the new life to sprout and grow. And I emphasize, this is what he says here. At the scent of water, the plant will bud. The root will begin to send up new shoots at the scent of the water. So what he's telling us is we've got to learn how to anticipate the rain. You've got to be able, how are you going to do that? That's where you need old roots. The old roots, see, because the old roots, at the very scent of the rain, they act upon it. They move upon it. Let me, let me get down to, to the point that I'm making here. They're able to anticipate what God is going to do. That We can call it prophecy. There's different words that we use. They're all biblical terms. But this is what happens as spiritual leaders. Suddenly you, you, you begin to see it. It's coming. It's coming. And other people look at it and they may even see it as a problem. But you look at it and say, no, no, no. I, I know there's a problem there. There's a negative side to it. But this is a new opportunity. That's exactly what happened in the hippie revolution in the United States. That there were some godly leaders that saw these young people are looking for more than just drugs and sex and alcohol. They're looking for spiritual life. And so the hippie revolution became the Jesus movement. Thank God for them. Thank God for them. They, they, they tell the, the story of Chuck Smith out in California that the revival breaks out on the beaches there and these hippie kids that are living on the beaches, they start coming to his church, but they're tracking in sand. And so much sand that the deacons called a special meeting to meet with him and say, Pastor, we got to do something. We've burned up seven vacuum cleaners trying to vacuum up the sand these kids are tracking into the church. He thought for a moment, he said, tear out the carpets. <laughs> are you listening? Thank God for him. Thank God for him that he was able to anticipate it and say, this is an opportunity. The, the, these kids that have been so messed up it's the next wave. 
It's a Jesus movement. And many of you were affected by that. You were caught in that. Thank God there were leaders that could scent the rain. They could anticipate what was going to happen. How did they do it? The old roots have seen it rain before. They've been there. Oh, <laughs> I cannot tell you how many, how many wonderful awakenings, spiritual awakenings that I've been privileged to, to be in over the years. Thank God for every one of them. They all have similar, similar smells, similar motions, similar. And, and, and after a while, you begin to read and you realize, that's God. That's God. God's going to do something here. Oh, I know. I know it looks bad. The storm looks, it's howling. But after the storm, after the wind's over, it's going to rain again. The rain is coming. I can sense it. I can smell it. Something old, something new. Now, the old probably won't look like the new at all. Hello. You plant a tulip bulb in the ground. Looks like you put a little onion in the ground. It's not going to come up, little onions. No, a green shoot's going to come up and then a beautiful cup flower is going to bloom. The tulip. And you can, you can do that with, talk about any, the gladiolia. And whatever you're planting is not what it's going to appear when it comes out of the ground. It will look different. It will be different. But it has the same root. That's what's important. The same life that is within it. And we get so caught up in the exterior so many times. God help us to forget about that and look for life. Life. See, it doesn't look like the old, but it understands the old is what is feeding it. Boy, Back in April, I just came out of Turkey. Been to Turkey now several times. I've been meeting in these Iranian refugees. For some time, I would find some here and there. I was invited to come in and preach in a convention for them. The average church in Turkey is 35 to 45 people. If you've got a church of 100 people, that's considered a mega church in Turkey, because of the oppression of the Islamic government, there was 250 of these Iranians. They had rented the downstairs, a big hall, probably at least twice, maybe almost three times the size of this auditorium. And uh, that's where they were meeting for their convention. They fed the people there and they I, from the moment I stepped through the door upstairs, I could hear them singing downstairs. I mean, it was loud and clear. And we come down the stairs. I was not prepared for what I experienced. I, I, I mean, they're whistling, they're yelling, they're dancing, they're spinning, they're shouting because they're free. It was almost comical. One after another, these Iranians would say, oh, 
We're free here. They're in Turkey. The Turks don't believe they're free. The Turks, I mean, one out of three churches, that one-third of all the churches that Sunday did not even have church for the Turks because the government had told them there's going to be an imminent terrorist attack and we cannot protect you. And so one-third of them didn't even have church. These Iranians, they're, they're having a convention like southern Mexico. I mean, such passionate worship, and, and I, I, I'm just blown away by it. I stood there, I cried, and I cried, and I cried. Because I even sensed the presence of Jesus that strong. And I don't know when. Almost all of them are young people. 25 to 30 would have been the median age in that room. I was the only man with white hair. It was funny, they thought I knew the answer to everything in the Bible because I had white hair. Uh, Something old, something new. Are you listening to me? I said, I found it. I found something new that'll keep me from dying. Are you listening? I don't want to die before my time. I want to live until I die. And the only way I can do that, I've got to find something new. Something I've never experienced. I've got to find something that keeps my mind alive, that keeps my spirit alive, that keeps me moving after God. I got something old. I got a lot of old roots. I just see them. I got a lot of old roots in Mexico, deep roots. And I plan to go there until I die. I tell them it's where it all began. It's where I want it all to end. It's full cycle. But to get there, I could have something new. Or I become just another old preacher. Now, a lot of young people don't understand that. A lot of young preachers don't appreciate that. They look at me, I'm just another old preacher, and they'll leave me sitting on the bench. You think I'm going to sit on the bench? No. I'm going to find somebody, even if it's an Iranian. I'm going to find somebody that's hungry for what I've got. And they would say, you finally just have to cut it off because it has question after question. And they were good questions, good Bible questions, but they know nothing about the Bible. They, they, they're the first Christians in their family. They've lost everything. They lost their families. They lost their nation. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their scholarships. They've lost everything but Jesus. And Jesus has become everything to them. How refreshing. Oh, my, 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 my. I'm trying to close. See, the truth is, they give honor to it because they understand wisdom was not born yesterday. You see these cars? I'd hate to think I didn't learn something from them. These scars, the betrayals, the Judas experiences, the people that do you wrong, scars. But I'm still here. I'm still preaching. I'm still moving forward. 
See, before you start going around thinking you know everything and taking down all the fences, I would advise you to find out why they put that fence up in the first place. Wisdom wasn't born yesterday, but as an older generation, we must admit we made our share of mistakes too. Humility is what we need to show and respect for one another. Oh my. I wish I was a singer. It's amazing. Young people grow up and they're so inspired. I, I, I remember telling my wife one day, you know what's wrong with these girls? As I said, when they become teenagers, it's just amazing what they know. I said, you know what's wrong with these girls? Ever since they've been born, we've told them how smart they are. And they've grown up believing us. <laughs> my girls so many times, they say, Daddy, you just preach. Let mama sing. Oh, but I wish I could sing. I wish I could sing like a mockingbird. There's a song we used to sing. It's beginning to rain. It's beginning to rain. I could sense it, can't you? I, 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 it, it's there. No, 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 no. It's not raining yet, but it's going to rain. It's going to rain. I promise you, it's going to rain. God's going to open the windows of heaven. God's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. It's going to rain. It's coming. It's coming. I want to be a part of it. Can, can somebody lead us in that? Let, can we sing that? Oh, John Paul, thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless you, young man. So good to see you. Oh, would you stand with me? I, I want us to close with my part of the service. I, oh, let's just worship him. My heart is overwhelmed. My heart is full tonight. It's beginning to rain. God is pouring out his spirit. He's moving again. It will rain. It will rain again.